а не тільки ці вислави, які Translation. Carrying out the order of his father, who was bound by a promise to his wife, Lord Ramachandra left behind his kingdom, opulence, friends, well-wishers, residence, and everything else, just as a liberated soul gives up his life and went to the forest with Sita. Maharaj Dasarat had three wives. One of them, Kaikei, served him very pleasingly, and he therefore wanted to give her a benediction. Kaikei, however, said that she would ask for the benediction when it was necessary. At the time of the coronation of Prince Ramachandra, Kaikei requested her husband to enthrone her son Bharat and send Ramachandra to the forest. Maharaj Dasarat, being bound by his promise, ordered Ramachandra to go to the forest according to the dictation of his beloved. And the Lord, as an obedient son, accepted the order immediately. He left everything without hesitation, just as a liberated soul or a great yogi gives of his life without material attraction. Om Si Chaitanya Mano Vistam Stavitam Yena Muttale Svayam Rupa Kiramayam Pirati Svapadam Vikam Si Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Hichananda Si Advaita Gadadha Si Vasari Gauda Bhakta Vinda 
This is the liberated state, the state where we can just simply see Krishna, Krishna's will. Of course, Adharma Vibhavat Krishna Pradushyanti Kulastriyas Kriya Dushasavaishniyam Jayate Varnasankara in the first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna is, is raising the point that uh, that when the elders are killed, that then society is without control and that women become polluted and that then unwanted progeny takes birth. So, the path of Adharma is, is also very much predominant in this world. To remain in that understanding that we are always within the hand of the Lord, always under the control of the Supreme Lord. To remain in that, um, first of all, we have to chant Hare Krishna um, very, very seriously. Second of all, um, we can only maintain that when we see ourselves as the servant of our spiritual master. Um, without being a servant, it is not possible. Um, because as soon as we are not in that mood of being a servant, we become a competitor because we want to be master. And then we'll be a competitor to Krishna. And then we feel, what do we need God for anyway? Um, what do we need Him for? Why bother? Um, things are sort of working out. I don't need Him now. Things are going fine. Later, maybe, you know, on a rainy day. But now, um, every moment, actually, in the material world, we are always in a precarious position. Prabhupada um, is saying, just like when we are in a ship on the ocean, sometimes it may seem so pleasant, so nice. Oh, sunshine wind, gentle waves, a little exciting even, uh, but very nice. And then suddenly, it all turns around. Wind comes from nowhere, waves start coming, and, and the water begins to behave very wild. And oh, God, it's just thinking. One starts praying, uh, oh, if I come out of this one alive, oh, I promise you, Krishna, 
from this day on, I'll be yours as long as you save me. Save me now, and then we forget together. So, to remember that we are always in the hand of Krishna. That is the key. That is the liberated state. That is Krishna consciousness. That's all. That dependence on Krishna. That acceptance. Not rebellion. Why is this happening? I mean, this is not right. This is just not right, really. I mean, I can tolerate a lot, but now this is over the line. This is this is too much. This 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 is not meant to happen. How can this happen? Anything can happen. That's that's the name of the game. The name of the game is anything can happen. Oh my God! Anything. Oh yes, anything can happen. But it's alright because Krishna is behind it. Therefore, everything is ultimately benevolent. Everything is ultimately for a good cause. Well, it doesn't always look like that. Granted, it doesn't always look like that from our own limited material perspective. It doesn't. But that is exactly where we're falling short. That is the distance between us and Krishna. That is the distance where we think, where we just really think this doesn't look very well, doesn't look very good at all. It's all good. It's all Krishna's mercy. And thus, the liberated souls uh, are not even concerned with the uh, with the details of material life. Just for, like Pallad Maharaj, thrown in a pit of snakes which is sort of an intense moment. And, uh, snakes everywhere, all around him. And Prahlad was chanting Hare Krishna. And I have sometimes mentioned that if you would throw me in a pit with snakes, I would also chant Hare Krishna, but probably in a different mood than Prahlad. Like once I was on a small plane, a very small plane in Australia, and got bad weather and the plane started rocking like anything. I mean, not just a little, but extreme. And I chanted 16 rounds in one hour. <laughs> so it's like, I never did that again, but on that occasion I did. I mean, I was... <laughs> oh, gosh. So, I can imagine that I would be able to repeat that feat when you would throw me in a pit with snakes. Um, but Pallad was so aloof, so totally calm, so totally absorbed in Krishna, so totally unafraid, so totally unconcerned with the so-called precarious condition. Just totally absorbed in, in remembering the Supreme Lord. That is the only, only way that one can really be peaceful. Not by being detached. I'm detached. My house can burn down, but I don't care about it because I'm detached. You know, someone stole the car. We'll walk to the temple. No problem. It's fine. It's good for health. <laughs> Didn't get enough exercise anyway. It's all Krishna's arrangement. He wants me to lose weight. So, <laughs> like, this, like this, 
you can see everything in a Krishna conscious context uh, till it gets to the limit. You know? And that is uh, our weakness. Um, chanting of Hare Krishna is, is our, our secret. Because the chanting of Hare Krishna is automatically awakening our relationship with Krishna. Nityasada Krishna Prem Satikabunai Shavanari Sudachita Kaliyabudai. It awakens our natural love for Krishna. And only through love for Krishna can you think of Krishna all the time. Not through an exercise. Not from, I must be Krishna conscious, I shall be Krishna conscious, I have to be Krishna conscious. Dye my cloth extra saffron. And, you know, like, I get beats, you know, like as big as tennis balls. <laughs> you know, as big as tennis balls. And so that I can really change you know, with two hands. Yes. Anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, all that ultimately will not help. Uh, it will not help. Because it is, it is through love only that we can really last. Right? Nothing else lasts. Everything goes down over time. So fired up, fired up, fired up. <laughs> so uh, uh, that is so Krishna consciousness is not about fixing the mind did you fix your mind Krishna consciousness is not uh, is not that maybe temporarily temporarily alright fix the mind Krishna consciousness is not about renunciation, giving up the world. Maybe temporarily, temporarily. It says in the nature of devotion, in the initial stages, it's a little helpful. A little helpful. But not in the, in the long run. In the long run, oh no, it won't work. In the long run, one must awaken that love for Krishna. How? How? Hearing, chanting, and not only by hearing and chanting, but by serving the holy name. This is the Hare Krishna movement, and that's not just a popular name given to us by people that saw us in the street and saw the Hare Nam party, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, and said, hey, they're going to Hare Krishnas. No, we really are the Hare Krishnas. We are the Hare Krishna movement, and we are really dedicated to serving the Holy Name. So everything we do is service to the Holy Name. Not only the chanting itself, but even the temple. The temple is ultimately for, for, for Hainam Sankirtan. That's why our temples are like this. They have a, a big space, a big hall in the traditional temples. In India, oftentimes you find the Garbhagriha, the place where the deity is, is very small, and then a little darshan mandap, and then a hall. So you have a very small darshan area, because that's what people did. They would come, pray, take darshan, and go. 
But we run up and down, we do kirtan. So we need space, we need a hall, like here. Uh, we need space. We need to, without kirtan, our deity worship is never complete. It is kirtan that is the essence. One can be a pujari and, and one can very faithfully uh, offer all the articles from incense to gilam to, uh, to water to cloths to flower to chamara to peacock fan and all. But without kirtan, it's not complete. It's not complete. Because it is without kirtan, we cannot awaken our our love of God without chanting the holy name. So that chanting is is our key for liberation to come to that platform that we realize always I am sitting in Krishna's hand. That is uh, that's it. Um, but then uh, who can chant all the time? We have limited capacity. We're not Arivas Thakur who could chant 300,000 names every day. Uh, uh, we can chant, if we chant 16 rounds, we're chanting 25,000. 25,000, we chant 300,000. 12 times more. That's a lot. Uh, 12 times more. So that's, and that every day. So that's not our capacity. But we can serve, we can do something, we can be active. Uh, Krishna consciousness is active. One must do service. It is, it is service. It is our saving grace. Service to the Sankirtan movement. Uh, serving the holy name. Uh, serving the pure devotees who are glorifying Krishna. And a movement that is meant for glorifying Krishna. That is our business. Uh, so many programs um, now for many days, uh, different Ram Nomi programs uh, to celebrate the appearance of Lord Ramachandra. Yes, everything elaborately. Uh, artists have made uh, decorations suitable, so many things to somehow or other get us absorbed in the glorification of Krishna. So that is our business of Krishna and of all the of all the forms of the Lord, of all the pastimes of the Lord. Um, and that is our preoccupation, somehow or other. Then it will come. Um, then it will come. Then our natural love for Krishna will awaken. So that's the trick, to do it in so many ways, different varieties. Um, sometimes we chant Hare Krishna on a boat, sometimes we chant Hare Krishna on top of a mountain, sometimes we chant Hare Krishna in the city, um, everywhere, festivals, always, different ways, but the same substance, Kirtan Leila, uh, so many different ways we are creating. And that is all we need to do. Uh, uh, organize 
many events, many, um, everywhere. Uh, not all mega events, but uh, again and again. That is our, uh, our business. Um, so either we generate Krishna directly, or we made nice arrangements for the glorification of the Supreme Lord. And what is Ratiyatra other than that? Um, Ratiyatra is exactly that, glorification of Krishna. And in different ways, put him on a magnificent chariot, bring him in in an impressive way. Um, so many, so many things to glorify Krishna, to point that Krishna is not an ordinary person. Krishna is the Supreme Lord. For Krishna, nothing but the best. Uh, nothing but the best. Uh, here in Durban, the fancy cars are coming out. Uh, sometimes the cars attract more attention than Krishna. <laughs> what was that car? What is it? Maserati or something? Uh, they were driving behind that car. Whoever owns it, owns it. Krishna. But we were driving behind it last year and people were pointing at the car. Anyway, the Lord was inside. So they got the mercy also. Somehow or other, this is, this is what we are meant to do. To create opportunities. Opportunities for others. Opportunities for people to get in touch with Krishna. Because what is holding us back? If I bring it a little bit back to the theme of the Ramayana and the Ramayana and focus on Kaikei versus Ram. That can that will be the particular focus then. So Kaikei was self-centered. She was very beautiful. And she was just used to it, to be the center of the attention. Huh? There are many beautiful ladies, but a queen is a queen, after all. And it's not just any other lady. A queen has, uh, of course, is dressed the most opulent. And, you know, generally beautiful also. And uh, Kaikei was very beautiful. Oh, yes. She was the, by far, the most beautiful of Dasarath's queens. Oh yes. She was a powerful presence. Whenever she entered, men and women would turn their heads. Oh yes. She was that kind of a lady. As immediately, wherever she was, all the eyes would be on her. Oh, she enjoyed it. Oh. She thrived on it. That power, um, that power a woman can have. Man cannot fully understand what it's like, you know. Um, but it's a great power, it's a hypnotizing power. Therefore, Srimad Bhagavatam describes that not only men fall prey to the beauty of women, women also fall prey to that beauty. It's an interesting point. Of course, so Kaikei is, is an emblem of one 
who fell prey to the bodily concept of life, who was basically interested in her own glory and her own praise. That is the conditioned state of life. I, uh, I am the greatest. I am the most wonderful. I am mine. That is, that is the problem. So Kaikei represents the, the problem and Ramachandra represents the solution, the liberated state of consciousness. The state of consciousness where nothing, nothing external affected him. Uh, he was totally, totally balanced and ready to go to that forest. What, what was there to lose? A kingdom? So what is, what's the difference? Uh, it's whether you sit down there or sit up here, it's not a big difference. This looks impressive, but it's not really that comfortable. I mean, that's not criticism on the, on the, on the management or something. Next time there's a, a new Vyasa sun, that's not the idea. But it's, it's just, in general, um, it's not that comfortable. I must say, the design of, of Vyasasan in general, you know, it's, it's not like an Italian designer's armchair, if you know what I mean, you know, which is totally designed for the, for the spine and all that. This one, uh, not really. <laughs> Try a different position. Then you can't reach the floor. <laughs> and to put your feet on the table is somewhat disrespectful. <laughs> so, sort of a dilemma. One, two, two. Anyway, so it's like it is. It's, it's, it looks better than it is. Because any material position is ultimately like that. Wherever you sit, wherever we are, ultimately, it's, it's a place to sit. And it's always too hard, or too soft, or this or that. I travel, and then every night, or every other few nights, there's a different bed. You know, sometimes it's too soft, and sometimes it's too hard. Sometimes the blanket is too thick, and I'm like in the sauna all night. The next night, I'm freezing, right? <laughs> the blanket is too thin. Sometimes it's a fight between the neck and the feet, and when the blanket's too short. <laughs> so there are all these, all these experiences, then the pillows, you know. Some people have pillows that are half the size of the bed. I could never understand why. <laughs> but probably they have big heads. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't figure it out. You know, the head, if mathematically speaking, the head is sort of a smaller part of the body, isn't it, you know. So why would you have half of the bed pillow. It's like, not half of my body is head, you know. Anyway, you know, got all the varieties of pillows. Then they have these special back mattresses that they have in some temples. They're made of some foam rubber 
that shapes according to your body and it eats you. The mattress begins to form around you. You sink in it and it goes around you. And so the whole night you're trying to climb out of it. So, what can you say? Comfort in the material world, you know. And yes, it may be more comfortable in a Mercedes, but then, what kind of leather is on the chairs? What, what kind of leather is on the seats? What is that leather, actually? What do you think? Pig leather? Hmm? <clears throat> yeah. So there are all these complications in the material world. Um, so ultimately, we're looking for, for purity. We're looking for a place, a situation, a seat in this world where our purity is not compromised. So many seats, huh? yes. so many seats, but many, many, our purity is compromised. So just that purity is what we, what we need. Huh? Um, yeah, in spiritual life there are two levels. One is the advanced level, which is the level of love. The second level is the level of duty. The level of duty. So, Lord Ramachandra especially came to the world to display the level of duty, of prescribed duty, and acting according to prescribed duty. And uh, Lord Chaitanya especially came to teach the way of love, of loving, uh, of loving Krishna, and in serving Krishna out of love, which is probably the better approach for us, because when it comes to duty, heavy duty, oh, duty, nobody likes duty. Um, it's very difficult. How long? We are not so dutiful. It's difficult for us. Therefore, we need, all right, we have duty. We still follow duty, like Lord Ramachandra. Therefore, Lord Ramachandra is still relevant for us today because the sense of dharma, the sense of duty is still there for us. But then see, how far did Lord Ramachandra take it? Huh? After the whole battle of Lanka and so on, he regains Sita and then he gives her up. Just, you know, out of, because of public criticism, he gives up seat. Um, so it's, I cannot accept a woman that has spent the night in another man's house. No. Oh, Nowadays, who would be so strict? I'd say, anyway, you swear to me nothing happened. Scouts on I swear to you nothing <laughs> Hmm. All right then. Uh, okay. <laughs> Get back in the car. <laughs> uh, who could follow such dharma now so strictly? Uh, impossible. Uh, and even if she spent the night in another man's house, anyway, and for once had a peaceful night. It's <laughs> another way to look at it. Anyway. Uh, so we're living in another age. Um, 
That sense of dharma, that sense of refinement of duty is just very difficult, very difficult for us now to, uh, to follow. Mm. <coughs> Therefore, we certainly start out with some duty, but that's not all. All along there's love. You know? In the beginning there may not be much love for Krishna, but there's love for Prasad. Right? So that helps. And that helps. And then, you know, some kirtan to work up the appetite. So, you know, we kind of like that also. Yeah. Different, uh, different dance moves in different places. Um, but dancing is is very nice, it's liberating, uh, it's liberating. As soon as you just start jumping up and down, it, it's liberating. It just makes you feel free, you know, like, God, oh, so much falls away, you know, like, oh, all the dread routine, uh, forget it, you know, shh, I'm flying, right? Just then, that's a fact. Um, so, Lord Chaitanya introduced this process. It is said, in the, I was reading that about Lord Chaitanya. It said, in previous incarnations, the Lord relieved the burden of the earth by killing many demons. So, Lord Ramachandra is one of the incarnations of the Lord who relieved the burden of the earth by killing many demons. So, and now, now the Lord has appeared on this earth. And now he dances on the face of the earth to relieve the burden of the earth. So this is our current process. Our current process is dancing, chanting, dancing. Immediately we add that happiness. Huh? We add that, that spontaneous platform. And then again, some duty. Okay. <laughs> but then again, uh, the spontaneous platform. Ratiyamsha. Then again, uh, another festival. In this way, Lord Chaitanya's movement operates on love. And it's the love. Dancing, we, we love it. And feasting, dancing, feasting, singing. Uh, all greatly happy things. So that is what will make us uh, what is our source of strength? Um, Dharma is your prescribed duty. Yes, yes, yes. I know. I know very well. <laughs> my mother, my grandmother used to tell me that. It's difficult, difficult, uh, very difficult. So, uh, still, there may be some, some dharma in us, some tendency to follow dharma. Uh, that may be there, especially those who took their birth in India. Something is still there. But even there, it's not enough. Not enough. Uh, just... Uh, so this Sankirtan movement is very nice. It is nice. It is, there's the chanting, there's the dancing, there's 
there's the service. Um, like uh, Dr. Chaitanya Maharaj used to every Rati Yatra give potato lectures, and especially to the New Land Samahata, they were the chosen ones who could deal with like endless tons of potatoes. Um, um, yes, that's uh, that's also there. And potato yoga. Yes. <laughs> there is uh, that's a, a process. Um, somehow or other, peeled potatoes. And yes, through that, um, through that we can make a lot of advancement. So that's sort of something we can do. You know. Uh, really, if we have to, um, if we have to read the Vedas, I remember I was once in Banaras in India, and there was a professor from the Banarasi Hindu University, and he had a PhD in the Samaveda, and he he knew the entire Samaveda by heart, and he tried to prove it to us by reciting the whole thing. So, you know, he just one verse after another. And after about 10 minutes, he goes sort of like, uh, Prabhu, how long is the summer later? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And after about 20 minutes, we just became ecstatic. He said, Hari Bol, Hari Bol, this is amazing, this is amazing. You know, it's like, this is too long. <laughs> this is wonderful, this is wonderful. And we just stopped it. We couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> 20 minutes of verses, one after the other. And the sum of it, how many verses is it anyway? Does anybody know? Uh, not really. Oh well, leave it as it is then. Um, I also don't because I, I didn't let him finish, so I'm not sure. <laughs> the point is, what is our capacity? What is our capacity? Previously there were Brahmanas, Chaturvedi. Chaturvedi, all four Vedas, they had studied three times, three times, three times, yes. Ah, we have Prabhupada's books, yes. Uh, anyone read all of Prabhupada's books, all of them? Um, and how many times? <laughs> uh, Lord Brahma read all the Vedic literature three times. It was then that he was that he qualified as a Brahmana. So Lord Brahma is the first Brahmana. The first. So at least our Brahmanas right, must be at least three times everything. So there's quite a bit of reading still to do. Uh, what to say? Somewhat, somewhat behind. Right? Behind. So when it comes to duty, traditional duty, how much can we do? One must always rise in the Brahma Mahurta. And, well, I came from uh, Cape Town on Friday morning, flew in, you know, left early morning, flew in, spent a short body of Radharana, drove off to Ladysmith for a program. Yay! And it got late. And then the next morning, somehow or other, the super soul or whatever woke me up and I looked, oh, am I, I think I could rest a little more. 
And anyway, we went to the bathroom. And then just as I thought, shall I? Then I heard, Oh no, it says in the Krishna book, Krishna says that as soon as you hear the rooster crowing, yeah, you have to get up. Oh, why do they have to, why do they keep roosters here anyway? <laughs> Chicken and egg eaters. We are in Krishna's hand. He arranges it all. It's all there. We are in Krishna's hand. We just accept Krishna. Krishna wants us to get up. It was Krishna. It wasn't the rooster. Rooster. No, it was Krishna. Krishna behind that rooster. And Krishna is a very good chess player. And he has many pieces on his board. Everything in this world is a piece on Krishna's board, and he uses it all. So in this way, uh, we're always, it's always Krishna. And if we could only accept that, only accept, uh, then, then everything will become blissful. Uh, because then we see Krishna's mercy. So, merciful Krishna. And you see how merciful Krishna is, then love for Krishna can develop, you see. It is mercy that awakens love. That's it. Yeah. When we see mercy in someone, we get some goodwill. Huh? Like yesterday, we had Ratiyatra in uh, Newcastle, and there was this bum on the street, right? A very, very dark, very black man, extremely black he was, and uh, smelly like anything, and drunk, a lot of alcohol. And, uh, at least two meters around him, there was a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> so it was powerful, must have consumed a lot. And, uh, and he was dancing, uh, and then uh, and then he got so much into it, he just could dance, and then, uh, and then uh, one of the devotees embraced him, really embraced him. And this man became so happy, I could see, no really. He made him happy, he really did. He made his day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He made him happy. Um, and just that, you know. And then, and with that, just see that, that gesture of, of kindness. Now today I feel like, oh, you know, here, let's, uh, let's give him a garden. <laughs> From the heart. <laughs> because Mercy awakens that. Mercy awakens love. That's how it works. As simple as that. Um, so when we are becoming more and more aware of Krishna's mercy, um, then in our heart the love awakens. And the most you will see Krishna's mercy is when you give, when you try to become the representative of Krishna.
that's when we'll get Krishna's mercy the most. So this is somehow another trick to start to become an agent of Krishna's mercy. Because then we will see that mercy of Krishna working and the love in our heart will awaken. This is truly the trick. So although Lord Ramachandra is our worshipable deity, our Lord, and we need the example of Lord Ramachandra and his associates to fix ourselves in a sense of duty. We know that we are weak when it comes to duty. Therefore, along with being absorbed in the pastimes of Lord Ramachandra, we are taking shelter of this Harinam Sankirtan and of distributing this mercy to others. And, and thus, we will be able to advance in this process of Krishna consciousness without fall down, without fall down. Which is very difficult. It's, you know, there are so many ways of fall down. Um, when a sannyasi falls down, he makes a big crash because he sits on a high seat. <laughs> so, you know, if we go down from this seat, uh, smack on the ground and everyone will see. Uh, but then there is the silent fall down. Uh, when a brahmachari falls down and he's seen hand in hand in checkers, that's <laughs> public disgrace. Uh, but in the Grihastha life, there is the, fight, the silent fall down um, where we are where we can fall of the principles of Krishna consciousness and who will know? No one will know. But still, that is there. Krishna will know. Um, we, we are always before Krishna and at the end of our life, yes, we will be judged. So, Dharma is for that, that we remember that. Let us walk the straight and narrow and Lord Chaitanya's mercy is what makes it possible. That makes it possible by taking shelter of it. And whatever we receive, give it to others. Then it is all possible. Okay, I'll look at your questions. Why do we bow sideways to God and not in front of Him? Um, I forgot, to be honest. Once I knew the answer to this question, but it's a bit long ago, and I just, I can't remember. You'll have to ask someone about the answer in the Q&A tent. Um, but, uh, the left side is reserved for the Supreme Lord, and the right side is reserved for the mundane, and says in scriptures. The left side is, from the left side comes the spiritual information from the right side, the mundane influence, that much I remember. So it's related to that, but there was a, a story, and I don't remember it, what to do. 
is Subhad Subhadra, Lord Krishna's sister, and Durga the same. Now, not exactly the same. Subhadra is Yoga Maya. She is the spiritual origin of Durga Devi. See, Durga Devi is is the expansion of of Yoga Maya, um, just as Lord Shiva is the expansion of Mahavishnu. Mahavishnu is an expansion of Krishna. Eventually he expands himself and becomes transformed. He becomes Shiva. So, Srimata Radharani expands herself as Mahalakshmi. From Mahalakshmi comes Subhadra, who is, is the Yogamaya feature of Krishna. Yogamaya is specifically active in the spiritual world. She's covering all the devotees who are forgetting that Krishna is the Supreme Lord so that they can treat Krishna like a family member, like a friend, and in this way, so that they can be close to Krishna. So that is Yoga Maya's role. But Durga is Maha Maya. She is the Maya in this world who keeps us bound in this jail of material existence, who rides a tiger and holds ten weapons in her ten arms, and one is the trident, and she stings us with that trident with material suffering. That is Maya, Maha Maya, Durga. That's why Durga is the jailkeeper. Dur means difficult, Ga means to go, impossible to escape. Durga, Yoga Maya. Is, is is assisting Krishna in his pleasure pastimes. How did the worship of is it Radha Krishna, Ram Krishna, Ram and Krishna? What does it say here? Who can? Is there a doctor in the room? Is it Ram? It is Ram. Yes. Okay. Why don't you just write Ram? How it came to be known as Vaishnavite? Because it is Vishnu Tantra. Advaita Manchuttamanadamanantarupamadyam Purana Purisamnavayogamanamscharvidaishtasar the Supreme Personality of Godhead is taking many forms and the original form is Krishna, Adipurush. Then Krishna expands himself into Balaram. Then Krishna, Balaram expands himself and from, from them comes the Chaturvyuha, which is the form of Vasudev, Sankarsan, Prajuna, and Aniruddha. From that comes the form of Narayan. From the form of Narayan comes again another chapter of Yuha. Again, Vasudev, 
Sankarsan, Pradumna, and Aniruddha. And from these forms come many Vishnu forms. And many Vishnu incarnations and avatars are manifesting from these forms. And in this way, the Lord takes many, many forms. Many forms. And why is it so? Krishna is always in his pleasure pastimes, in, in his own abode, Kulok Vrindavan. And it is in his expansions that he deals with the conditioned souls or in the material world, with the material creation and, and all these things. So, the, the forms of Vasudev, Sankrishan, Pajuna and Aniruddha, they are controlling certain things in the material world. So, like that, in his expansions, Krishna deals with the material energy. But in his original form, he enjoys his own pleasure pastimes. So it makes sense that Krishna has many forms, you can see. That it's a multi-purpose arrangement. And he's the Supreme Lord. So therefore, many forms. And all these forms are known as Vishnu Tattva. In the, they're all in the same Vishnu category. And therefore, all these deities are worshipped as Vishnu. One Lord in many forms. That is actually the situation. There is one God, but He can take many forms. And why not? If He's Almighty, why only one? Why would He limit Himself to one form? I wouldn't. If I could have more than one form, I would do it. I would give a Sunday feast lecture here, the same, same. I could have stayed in Newcastle, do another one in Cape Town, and meanwhile there would be another form of Kadamba Kananaswami permanently walking around Govardhan. And, you know, and it's like, I guess there would be one that would be sleeping all the time. <laughs> to rest for all the others. <laughs> That's probably how it would be. But that would be great. But Krishna doesn't need that. Although, sometimes, he's also resting on a bed of an antasage. So, like that. Vishnu, Vishnu, Vishnu. Vishnu is simultaneously one and simultaneously many. That is inconceivable, but that is what it is. Any other question? Otherwise, I have to 6 o'clock, is it? At least an official time six. I can do 10 minutes, kid. That's good. And in between, in between, I have a commercial. Here is an advanced copy of, uh, of my new CD. And anybody who's interested,
Yeah!